Taipei City, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to dunk you very much Central Taipei's number one English language NBA podcast coming at you live from the heart of the combat zone in Central Taipei. This is your host, Sam Yarbs. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Matthew Von Ryan. Matthew. Sam, some people will say it's a sign of the times. This week, the Dallas Mavericks played at the same time Five undrafted players at oh. the same time. It was the first Damn. time it's ever happened in the NBA. Damn. And I just remember my grandfather. This man, this man <laughs> Also <loves> undrafted. <laughs> well, it was an ABA, but yeah. <laughs> a man who loves sports. Just mm-hmm. a man who would go to baseball games. He would record the, the box score, however they, whatever oh. they call it. Like he would score it, take it home, like hoping that one day it's going to like appreciate and value. Someone's mm-hmm. going to like not have the score from... 1994 <laughs> yeah. Anaheim Angels game. And man, this guy just, he just loves sports. And if I, if I could bring him back to life and tell him, Gramps, you know, the Mavericks, they rolled out a team with no lottery picks, no hot shots, no max players, all undrafted players. He would be so happy to hear this, man. It's just mm-hmm. like, and these are my lunchbox guys. These are the hard workers. They listen to the coach. <laughs> Midwest bread, <laughs> corn fed. Like, no, no, Grandpa, they've already collected the season ticket money from everyone, and they're just trying to lose on purpose. <laughs> the sign of the times. Sign of the times. Sorry, Gramps. Yeah, and half of them are from, like, Lithuania and shit like yeah. that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your Grandpa wouldn't be proud, man. I had an uncle like that, too. He used to keep all the Atlanta Braves box scores. Yeah, how'd that work out for him? Yeah. He, he said you can't, trust, uh, <laughs> you can't trust the people on TV. They always miss the base on balls. New York Times lying. Yeah, those fuckers, yeah. They don't watch the games. They're a bunch of, yeah. Like like Katie would say, they're, they're, they're baby bloggers. And, um, all right, man. Uh, thank you very much coming at you live. Uh, this is our podcast. We're hitting you up right now today. We're going to run through the league right now. What Matthew Van Ryan has prepared is a list of 10 of the hottest NBA topics going on right now. And he's going to hit me up with them. I have no idea what's on this list. He's going to hit me up, and we're going to rate them on, on, on our scale to decide how excited these particular storylines get me, how much they move the needle. Where do we put them on our NBA Richter scale right now? Absolutely. Um, hitting up uh, some of the hottest storylines coming through in the NBA. If you missed our last pod, check that one out. We broke down our two respective hometown teams, Portland Trailblazers for my boy Matty and uh, the Boston Celtics for me. Uh, and keep an eye on this Dunky Very Much page. And it was a really, like, I think it was an impartial discussion. Like, I had my hometown team, like, making the finals possibly, and... Sam might have has his in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I mean, other yeah. than that, like I think it was pretty impartial. I actually had the Celtics winning the European Cup and the Olympics next year, so That's yeah, I think it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be good stuff. And curling in four years. And curling, yeah, tip. We do All right, curling gold. All right, so let's break it down, Matty. You got the list of ten topics. Go ahead, hit me up. What is topic number one in the NBA? The big news recently around the NBA has been the possible return of. Uh, NBA championship MVP, uh, MVP caliber player for the past multiple years. Huh? It's Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Kawhi Leonard, when's he going to come back? He was supposed to come back two weeks ago. He didn't come back. He's got cleared by his doctors. The players are saying different things. There's apparently like a player's only meeting. Then the, then the players denied that it actually happened. But Woj tweeted it and Woj knows his stuff. Woj it's knows his like, stuff. You don't really know like what to what to believe or like you know it's not really that interesting until he actually gets back on the court. Mm-hmm. But there is one quote by Tony Parker. Tony Parker said, uh, "You know, we're just we're all waiting for him to come back. 
I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Like mm. we're all we're all waiting for him to come back, and you know I dealt with the same injury that he did. No, and it, it was really tough, but mine was a hundred times more severe. <laughs> I was out for eight months. A hundred times more severe. This is what times. he says in front of a huge media scrum, asking them, when is Kawhi supposed to, when is he going to come back? He's yeah. supposed to be back last week. Give us week. your perspective, Tony. He says, I totally understand, and I, I've i been through this injury, only mine was a hundred times worse. A hundred times worse. Bang, bang. Coming Shots from fired. Tony Parker. Well, I mean... Anything you hear coming from Tony Parker, you have to realize this guy is a is an absolutely fantastic teammate. Just a just just a great a great teammate. One of the all time teammates in the league. I mean, throughout his career, he has only slept with one other teammate's wife and ended their marriage. So that's I mean, just just a just a fantastic guy. Just a fantastic I mean, in guy. all those years, one is really not that much. Yeah, one is not that much. Yeah, come on, that's got to be on the radar. That's got to be below average for your average NBA point guard. I mean, Jesus, he's got the ball in his hands all the time. It's like um, Dwight Howard's like shooting fifty percent on threes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. two half court shots. One of them went in. Yeah, this is this is what reminds me. Yeah, this reminds me why uh, I used to not like the Spurs mostly because. Of Tony Parker, um, this this is yeah, this is just this is just bullshit. I mean, he's no longer like uh, I mean, his his kind of heyday is, is is kind of is kind of passed him by. You know, like he's he's no longer the super relevant guy. He's never been a guy that has been like the most quotable or most looked to in the NBA as like a spokesperson or anything like that. I don't think in all of his years he's never been you know like the voice of the Spurs or like the guy like that you you go to and, and like seem like the locker room guy for the Spurs so this doesn't seem out of character he's a shifty Frenchman he's like saying shifty weird French shit in front of people and this being being himself but don't you feel like he's sort of on the side of Popovich Ginobili like these older older players and coaches mm-hmm. who are who maybe might have retired if Kawhi wasn't Kawhi you know mm-hmm. they might have just kind of sailed off yeah. But like they're like, oh, we have this, you know, generational talent. Yeah. Maybe let's make one more run mm-hmm. with him. He gets injured. That sucks. He gets cleared from injury. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't come back. No, like, still not back. Yeah. That it's sucks weird. Even more. No, I mean, don't let me take away from any at any point from the weirdness of this story. This has been a year of weird NBA stories, especially with injuries. The Markel Fultz one has just become completely sublime and ridiculous, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later. Uh, but. Uh, this Kawhi thing has been almost equally puzzling, where, from all indications, he is medically ready to play, but either doesn't like feel personally confident with it, or his own medical team's opinion. Then there's these weird background things about how his uh, his Nike brand wants him to get to a bigger Jordan market. Brand. Yeah, the Jordan brand doesn't want him in the small market, which is just like just super a super strange storyline to be having in, in 2018 but- NBA, where you don't. No. Have you heard that story explained? Never. I always I always hear these two things together, but there's no correlation. They're like, <laughs> yeah, like Kawhi is supposed to be back, he's been cleared. Also, he's in dispute with the Jordan brand over his next contract. It's like, oh yeah. Oh, word. Wait, 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 wait. So it's like, oh, they want they want oh, so they want him to like come back and play and like get a big no, like oh, so they want him to like hold on. It's like, what does that mean? Like, what's the connection of like he's it's not like He's on under a huge contract with Jordan, and they're like, "Hey, you need more exposure." Like he's also negotiating with Jordan Brand. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. How are these two things how connected? Is it? Well, you know, Tony Parker once had a little negotiation <laughs> squaffle with a Lecoq Sportif back in France, but it was his was a hundred times worse. So it's yeah, like, like hundred like, times less too. Yeah, I do see. I see a little bit of that. Like uh, I would take it way more seriously if it was coming from Ginobili or Pop, though. Hmm. Tony Parker is just not a guy as a spokesperson, as a as a vocal leader of the team that I take seriously. Seriously. Again, he banged his teammate's wife. Like you know, it's pretty much. See, 
seems like the most unforgivable thing. His uh, his three brothers, interestingly, own a, uh, a a San Antonio nightclub that's located. I think it's next to a Kmart in a strip in a strip mall Jesus. somewhere in San Antonio. The Stand whole family. the facts. Yeah. Uh, oh, when oh. was the last time you were there? A couple of years back, and he wouldn't give me a free drink, so fuck that guy. No, I'm out on, I'm out on uh, like, Tony Parker uh, has been a, a guy off the court that I've never really put much stock into anything. He said maybe it's different uh, if I'd been closer to the team or closer to San Antonio, but this one is uh, doesn't make any any waves for me. I think it'd be way more, it'd be way different if it was coming from Pop or, or, or Mano. All right, you heard it. Sam hates the French. Okay, so next question. <laughs> All of them. 76ers. Feel good story of the year. Well, maybe not. The Chile but, run. but way over achieving any expectations for them. Their yeah. over under was 40 wins. Uh, oh, we... Our main man, Bill Simmons, his sidekick, House, Sam, almost everyone took the under. We banned like, that under. I took the over, but I was thinking. Did you? Like, I'm checking the binder. Oh, dude, I was hard over. Hard over. <laughs> you love them. I was them. plus three. But, uh, <laughs> plus three on the over. Goddamn. This team has been rolling. And you almost forget that they don't have their number one pick, Markel Fultz. Like, this guy was supposed to, like, he, he was the number one pick. Yeah. B was not number one. Simmons was. But uh, Fultz is supposed to be, like, the player that just, just ties it all together. Like, yeah. he, he is, like, the the foundation. Like, he's the, the third piece. Like, And he's just been out all season. All and season, he, yeah. he completely disappeared. Like, he's not around. We don't see him. He's got some mystery injury that, that could possibly be be mental. And he makes his comeback out of nowhere. There was almost no fanfare. All of a sudden, he's back. Everyone's like, holy shit. Like, this amazing team. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be amazing. Is that Markel Fultz's music? Yeah. Is now the fourth seed in the East. Like, that's that's insane. They're not limping to the playoffs. They're the fourth seed. I think they're like 10 games over 500. Yeah. And they got 50 Fultz wins comes in their set, back so. and... You just think like, wow, this is a cherry on top. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's things coming full circle. Fultz dribbles. Throw, uh, yeah, I, b- I believe he dribbles. They're on uh. offense. He dribbles. He tries to go around a screen set by Embiid. He throws his shoulder into Embiid's eye socket. Embiid needs uh, orbital surgery. Will be out for two to four weeks, which yeah. always means four weeks. Is this the most 76ers story ever? The guy who wasn't supposed to come back came back, injured their star player. I just want to say for the record that I advocated that this whole podcast was just half an hour of me laughing at the 76ers. Because I love love everything about this story. It's the same shoulder. The right shoulder, the injured shoulder, the same one gets thrown into Embiid's eye. The, the the process himself, literally fracturing the process in the face with his <laughs> the shoulder. The process is fractured. He is the culmination of the process. Markel Fultz, the ultimate hypothetical player. The moment he returns to the court, literally throwing his cursed shoulder into the process's eye as the whole process the falls to pieces. one non-hypothetical piece on their team. I absolutely love everything about this. Except for the fact, I mean, no, the, the joking is that... Please, Joel Embiid, get better. The NBA would be so much more fun with a dominant big man to reverse some of the small ball stuff that we've seen. It would be absolutely amazing. The playoffs would be so much more fun with Joel Embiid. Everything would be so much better with Joel Embiid. At the same time, this is the most poetic, hilarious shit ever. And of course it happens to Philadelphia. Fuck you, Eagles. Lost to you in the Super Bowl. I'm so glad. I hope bad things happen to you and only you and all you love. I just can't. I mean, uh, yeah, as a, as, a, as a Philadelphia hater, this is the most perfect 
uh, I mean, it's just Shakespearean the way it's written. Like you know, in the final act, these things coming together. It really it's like is. A, it's like it's a Coen Brothers picture. Like yeah. if it was in a movie, like nah, that's too fake. It's like that, a Coen Brothers happen. movie. It's like a Coen Brothers movie with like the obscure character who's been like kind of circling around the edge of the plot. All of a sudden, comes in and has this. Like, why do they keep showing that Janet? Yeah, why do they keep showing that Janet? <laughs> yeah, what? They talk about him. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh yeah, he was really good. Like call it up janitor. Okay. But bam, there's his talk. shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, a lot of janitor talk, and all of a sudden, yeah, right into the main actor's face with the with the shotgun. Um, yeah, just I mean, Godspeed to Joel Embiid. The whole NBA is better when he is playing and playing well. At the same time, that there could not be a funnier injury. <laughs> broken by cursed shoulder. <laughs> a more Shakespearean injury. Yeah, yeah there, could, there could not be. Wouldn't it be better if, like, every time like Fultz goes around a screen now, he like is a psychological barrier about going too close to the, the screener, so he's always like three feet above the screen or something like Take that. Take another season off. Just like, another season. Just yeah, just like oh, here's a, yeah, more video. More cell phone footage of Markel Fultz running off screens as if to, he's tripping over his own feet every time he tries to run off the screen. He's got the yips for screens now. He can't get around the them. Yips, man. Um, I mean, I can't wait to come playoffs and Fultz is at the free throw line, and the uh-huh. and you know. You think they, they play him in the playoffs? I can, and now I guess they have to. But do you think yeah, they do? No. I think they do. I think this is still found money for the 76ers. Mm. I think. Get everyone experience and, yeah. and don't really worry about it. But you know they actually have a team that makes sense. Dario and and JJ Redick really spread the floor. Yeah. And uh, you know the problem is Fultz and Simmons really don't. <laughs> That's a, uh, they condense the floor. <laughs> they condense the floor. Yeah, they black hole the floor. Uh, they are a singularity on the floor. I mean, uh, I mean the the Seventy Sixers have not played uh, any. I think basically any minutes with them together on the court at the same time. Uh, just because of what it would do to the spacing, it's interesting. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. ultimate hypothetical. Uh, Fultz is hypothetically a perfect guard for that team, a uh, a, a combo big slasher uh, who in college had range on the outside, uh, a shot creator off the dribble, a guy who can spell those significant terms without Simmons, but then play off the ball when Simmons is there. In reality, Fultz is a man with a cursed shoulder <laughs> and a broken brain. Um, yeah. Godspeed, Joel Embiid. God bless the Sixers. The gift that keeps on giving this year. Okay, so sounds like you're pretty interested in this story. Oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a thousand rust burners. I'm just completely, yeah, completely fascinated. All in. Okay. Yeah. Next story. Uh, a story that seems like kind of monumental, but I'm sure it, it might have passed you by. It probably passed most of our listeners by. A player recently became the highest scoring player in his franchise history. Sam, you care to take a guess? Uh, well, give me a second here. Like, okay, so I don't think it's gonna be any of the historic franchises that would have gone down for a while. <laughs> this uh, franchise is not historic. Not historic. Maybe like, uh, maybe like a, a Memphis. Then would it be a, a would it be a Grizzlies? Was it a no? But Conley and those guys are out. It couldn't be one of those guys. So um, a non-historic would so be a newer franchise. Um, Eastern Conference team. An Eastern Conference team. Oh, it's so maybe like Brooklyn then? Like, is it a, is a Brooklyn player? No, it wouldn't make sense, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they won't, yeah, it won't be a franchise for a little bit. Yeah. It if yeah. Brook, it's probably Brook Lopez, right? Lopez, would be, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's yeah. Probably well, it's like the Charlotte team knew then. Charlotte's an expansion team, right? So is it Kemba? Yeah. Kemba. Well done. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Kemba and uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But no, this this goes back to the original team, too. Not not their, like... Uh, Including the, uh, like, Larry Johnson era Hornets. Yep. Wow. Larry Johnson, hey, Lonzo Mourning. 
Bugsy Mogs. <laughs> Bugsy Bogues. Jesus, that was dyslexic. He was, uh, yeah, not on the list, but... Uh, Bugsy Mogs. He made Bugsy a great appearance Bugs, in, yeah. in uh, Space Jam. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kimba now, he passes Del Curry, father of Stephen Curry, and yeah. he, he became the the high, like the leading scorer in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. The highest uh, scorer. Nice. Yeah. He's, uh, he's never won a playoff series. He's uh, been in the NBA for eight years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, I think, a one-time All-Star. Yeah, I think he and, was. Uh, Did he make the All-Star game this year as a, as a replacement? You know, no one knows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're not there yet. There's it was hammer, boring, like, tragic. Jesus, yeah, yeah. That's a I don't think he made it this year. I think he made it last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, he never won a playoff series. So, uh, Sam, is there... <laughs> I mean, so that that's the new star. You can mm-hmm. give that your rating, but also just like, as a side note, like, is there like a less like, sorry, is there a more depressing like accomplishment than that? Like leading <laughs> leading scorer in franchise history. Like, yeah, he's been there eight years, and they tried to trade him. He was open, yeah. like openly traded. A first round pick could have could have gotten him. Yep. And yeah. uh, he's also asked to be traded because he wants to go to contender. I love when. Players do that. It's like, well, why don't you make them a contender? Yeah, I want to go to a contender. Like, uh, I've been here eight years, motherfucker. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I get, yeah, I get it. That's so, that's tough. How do you feel about this story and like what it means to be a fan of this franchise? Yeah, Jesus, are there fans of this franchise? I got the impression that everyone in North Carolina just loves college basketball. That they have Duke, UNC, and that's all the room in their little hearts they have for basketball. Like, is this like, is this a popular franchise? Are they was a well attended franchise? I know during the Bobcats era and like the, uh, um, like the that the, they technically they they weren't very very well attended, but I mean compared to the Atlanta Hawks, I guess every team has good attendance. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I'm gonna go the other way on this. Good for Kemba, you know, you're the franchise leader, um, in in, in points, you know. Knowing that that goes back all the way to the old era, that's a long time. That's a proud history of an NBA franchise. There's not many of those. That's, that's an exclusive club to be, uh, you know, the all-time leader in anything. He will eat uh, Carolina barbecue for free for the rest of his life, I'm sure. Uh, Kemba's a great guy. Like, I mean, just like a, one of those few players who really transformed himself, became like a really efficient three-point shooter when he wasn't before. Uh, all you can ask for from a point guard improving year after year. Um, I hope he gets to play on a contender one day because this team, uh, I think, I don't think it is all his fault why they've been why they've been terrible. I think he could be a point guard on a contending team, um, but uh, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll temper my excitement somewhat. Maybe like yeah, fifty percent, fifty percent of the way there. I was way more excited about Mark Fultz's shoulder. I'll be honest, it's <laughs> probably not a good sign because this took him but eight years of his career to do, whereas Fultz's shoulder is just you know kind of a new thing. But yeah, it's kind of sad. I don't know. What's the saddest team to be the franchise leader in, in points for? Hmm. Well, Orlando... When, when, <laughs> I, I thought you say to be a fan of. I was like, okay, Orlando. Yeah, just a fan but of. Yeah, I think Orlando. Dwight Howard, he really stuffed the stats in his time there. Yeah. I, I don't even know how long it was. I think he signed the extension, so I think it was five years yeah. before he forced his way out. But well, um, T-Mac had so many, a bunch of years there, too. He might have been. So yeah. For points. I don't know. Um... I mean, yeah, that one se- that one seems pretty bad. Whoever's the, the Nets is sort yeah. of by default. Like, yeah, Brooke Lopez was bad. always on the trade block. Memphis, because the Memphis came from Vancouver, right? That was originally the Vancouver expansion, and then they went to Memphis. It seems like NBA teams kind of carry over, like, their their records. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, uh, OKC counts their Seattle... Seattle <laughs> championship. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the ultimate twist of the night. 
<laughs> That'd be like if you gave me, like, if, like, I stole your pillow and I was like, yeah, like, I banged, like, 100 girls this year. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, like, you got my pillow. Yeah, you just got my, you just got my pillow, dog. Like, You're just, on. like, driving off on the scooter, like, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, let's move on. That one's a little right. sad. This Let's one is definitely fire. Okay, This fire. one, by Blah. definition, is fire. This one, I need a All button, right. yeah. The team that's taken the most step-back threes this year is the Denver Nuggets. Really? They okay. have 110. 110 step-backs. Step-back nice. three. Step-back three. Sam, you want to explain for our audience? First, I want to know who keeps the stat. But second of all, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a three where before you take the three, you step back. Yeah, you like you, you sort you sort of like step <laughs> into the defender, like you're gonna break. Yeah. And then instead of jumping up, like you step away from the basket. Obviously, yeah. a very inefficient shot. You make a move forward, plant off the foot that you've set forward, and then push back and into and rise into a three point shot. Yeah, one of the worst shots in the game. One of the most difficult. Yeah. Well, yeah. So so therefore, like therefore, at least efficient. Yeah, worst. Yeah. Except. A step back too. Did I forget there's not only one team ahead of the Nuggets, there's one player who has taken more step back threes than the second team in the whole entire NBA. One player has got so more step So the Nuggets step have threes. taken, as yeah. a team, yeah. 110 step back threes, which is second in the NBA. Yeah. Number one is the Houston Rockets. James Harden Hall. has taken 157, yeah. almost 50% more than the next closest the team. the entire team, wow. Step back threes. And his three-point percentage on these shots, 46%. Just oh my Jesus. God. If yeah. that's not fire, Sam, if you're not excited for this one, I got nothing else for you. That's an awesome stat. I'm, I'm that's some great the research I'm right there. I'm burning the list. That's, a, that's, that's, that's worth the price of admission for this pod, which is free, by the way. Anyway, like that's a, that, that's a, Donations that's, welcome. That's fantastic research, man. That's awesome. I've, I've, I've got nothing to do but tip my hat on you to that one. That's amazing. That means the hardest step back three is one of the most deadly weapons in the NBA. But to it's know that, that he is taking more this season than the next closest team. 150, 150%. Oh, man. And it makes me so happy that as much as I love the NBA, I'm not watching these games and counting all the step-back threes these fuckers are taking because that's a wild that's a wild statistic to have on, on hand. But that's 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 crazy, man. That's wild. Side note, these are play-by-play stats, which means they are human-recorded. Yeah. So there is a little bit of... It's your grandpa, and they're writing them down, <laughs> hand it down. Don't trust these computers. He's been dead for a long time, so I don't trust all these stats. yeah. <laughs> What do you, as a side note to that, like, what do you enjoy watching the Rockets? I do. I, I think, yeah. I think when you actually watch them play a good team, they're really fun to watch. When you watch them play a, a shitty team they don't respect, and they just bomb it. Yeah. They, they just bomb it, and it's like, yeah, it's it's really simple. Yeah. But when you watch them play a good team, they really do run a lot of back cuts, and like they spread the floor for a reason. Mm. And one really interesting thing that they do is something I. I I never really thought about uh-huh. until I watched them. Is that all of their players? They don't stand on the three-point line. Like mm. if you were a three, if you're if you're trying to stretch the floor, you think stand right on the three-point line as yeah. close as you can Ready without to touch touching it, yeah. catch and shoot. But their players, they stand like two feet back. Right. And it's like, well, that seems weird when you're watching because you almost don't even see them on the TV. You yeah. just see Harden and whoever is screening for them. <laughs> But that really stretches the floor more. Like the closer yeah. the offensive players get to the basket, that condenses the floor. Just an extra and you, step. You, you step take, yeah. further back, like, and you're uh, you're a threat to cut. You know, like you get that. Mom- like if they don't come up on you, now you can take three steps of momentum while they're standing and yeah. watching the ball and just zoom past them. Yeah. They have to come out, and that's really how they stretch the floor. And 
I think it is fun to watch all the dunks and the threes, and I yeah. get that like sometimes it's, it can be a little bit too too much, but yeah, they they shoot efficiently and. Yeah, I just don't like Brian Anderson's like face. Everything else, yeah, everything else about the Oh, yeah, his face. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that no. guy. Really? You don't <laughs> like his face? His fa- oh, this is, yeah, he's got a stupid face. Yeah. Like a normal face. I don't know, man. Yeah, really? yeah. we got to look at it later. Normal face first. That's stupid guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Check out our Facebook page. We'll yeah, right, post a picture. Yeah, yeah, for, for, for Brian Anderson's face, yeah. All right. Sam, this... So I'm, I'm glad you like my reporting on, on the last stat because this one great. lacks a little bit of reporting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is more of a subjective take. I mean. This is I don't know the player's name. Oh, word. I'm sorry. There's a there's a five-star player. He was uh, number nine in the ESPN Top 100 High School Players committed to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I do apologize for not writing down his name. Uh-uh. We're recording on our phone as we speak. But uh, he decided to actually decommit from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go straight to the D-League. And he is the first player to ever do this. Yes. No player has ever gone from high school to D-League. Uh, Darius Basley. Or Basley, sorry. It's B-A-Z-L-E-Y. Yeah, I don't that, know if that's, that's Basley that's, or Basley. That's the uh, guy. Darius so, Basley, I'll say. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. You know, the, the G-League. I think I called it D-League, sorry. The, the G-League. The Gatorade. Excuse me, Gatorade. <laughs> A friend of the pod, Gatorade, yeah. yeah possible future sponsor. <laughs> possible future sponsor, Gatorade, yeah. So, basically, the, the, the Gatorade League and the, the NBA Developmental League, mm-hmm. essentially, they, they made a lot of commitments in the past couple of years. They have mm-hmm. two-way contracts, meaning when you play with the, the Gatorade League, you get a, a lower salary. When you get bumped up for a 10-day contract, mm-hmm. you get an NBA minimum salary, which is significantly more, yeah. more than your yearly salary in the G League. So, this is the first player to do it. Um, so all of the two-way contracts mm-hmm. and the higher salaries, he is not going to be eligible for because you still have to be one year removed from your graduation date. Interesting. So the maximum amount of money he can make is $26,000 a year. Oof. But he is allowed to sign... That's like one class at Arizona, man. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, come on. Yes, so <laughs> he's allowed to sign endorsements mm-hmm. and shoe deals. Okay. I'm just wondering, first, what do you think about this story about how... Uh, the number nine player in the country mm-hmm. could have gone to any school he wants. Yeah. Committed to Syracuse, decommitted, and chose the G League and not uh, Italy, Australia, where he could make hundred, two hundred thousand dollars China yeah. as well, like, you know, a decent amount of cash. Yeah. But he said, I want to go to the G League because that's the closest thing you can get to the NBA. That's his quote. Interesting. I like that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to break down when looking at that. There's a lot to break down. There's break a lot. Down. There's a lot to look at. Well, like, well, let's start with the. Um, let's start very quickly. This is not a. This is not a college podcast. But let's start with the the potential impact of this on, on college. Like, the main story uh, this year, aside aside from a 90 year old woman uh, who believes in God, Sister Jean, <laughs> uh, driving her team to the Final Four, has been the uh, the FBI's uh, 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 investigation of D- Division One college programs. Uh, the reports about Arizona, obviously there was those reports, there were a lot of problems with the reporting that was going on right there, weird things, but there's certainly no doubt that the cloud of suspicion, which we've all completely reasonably believed has always been hovering over the NCAA, uh, has, has centered on certain programs. And uh, it's, it certainly seems like a lot of players are, are accepting pay for play anyway, and, uh, and that there's a flawed, the, D, the D1, current D1 model, the one and done model is, is deeply, deeply flawed. Um, for so, the top one percent players. For the top one percent players, well, I, I mean, yeah, potentially for 
for some of the, the, the players below them, too. I mean, just look at the way the economics completely distorts the experience in other ways. So, uh, anyway, in any case. All right. Let's, let's, yeah. Focus back on that it's yeah. not a college podcast. It's not. Yeah, exactly. We're not a college podcast. So, let's, it's interesting. let's get back to... Um, Back to the, the NBA and, and, and this potential development for the G League. Uh, is the G League the second best league in the world? Most most sports writers and people that we, you know we listen to on podcasts would say no. It's the Not Euro League. Close. Everyone's yeah. Everyone's definitely been talking about uh, well, the European League. Close. It's the best. Um, yeah. And uh, but maybe this is the thing where maybe it could, it could get closer. The G League only works if people buy in. The G League only works. Uh, they talked about this a lot in the wake of Isaiah Thomas's injury when he came back to the Cavs. How much would he have benefited from going to like in in baseball? Exactly. This is not a thing. This yeah. is not a deal. In baseball, of course, if you hurt your arm as a pitcher, you come back and you start in single A and you move up to double A and that's you, a great you point. ride the bus for a few weeks. And that's part of baseball's culture. Yeah. This is not part of basketball's culture. You do not go ride buses in Scranton for a week. What's also, also, by the way, what's the, everyone always choose Scranton when you're going to choose a shitty town in America, right? It doesn't even know nowhere Scranton is. You know, you just say, like, this, it's like, this is a shitty sounding town. Sam and I just travel around Asia, like, drinking yeah. beers next to the Mekong. Like, man, I don't know. Like, life is tough, but at least I'm not working in Scranton. At least I'm not in fucking Scranton. Yeah, riding the bus on the G League. Yeah, no, no. Like, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a hilarious catch all for shitty towns. Anyway, um, so. The G League works if, if if players buy in, if this becomes a system. I would love to see this become uh, a, a more common option. Um, you know, like, I think that, yeah, definitely he could make more money living overseas. You go back to the a great quote Donovan Mitchell had at the beginning of the year where people were asking him to account for how he's become so much better in his first year, why he's made this such a leap. He said, well, now because basketball is my job. You know, I'm not going to class. Even, like, the sham that they make one-and-done players go through of going to college is still at least a certain amount of hoops that these guys have to jump through that takes away from them devoting themselves full-time to basketball. Yeah. In the G League, he will be 100% focusing on basketball. It's hard to argue that that's, that's not a, a great better, point. It's not a better uh, career option for him than, than going to university if he only ever planned on spending one year in university anyway. You know, like the, the value of that one year of Syracuse education is in nowhere going to be comparable to one year of being in an NBA strength and conditioning program with NBA uh, nutrition coaches and things like that and all the supplemental things that the G League can have. The fact that they can only pay him $26,000 seems almost criminal. Um, you know, that the fact that a young man just is not eligible to make more money than that solely based on the fact that that's been collectively bargained, unfortunately, by his peers. Um, you know, the class, it was collectively bargained by the Players Association. So, uh, I mean, it's it's an imperfect system that has to change, but I like to, I like to see this story. I like to see more things move in that direction. What about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it goes back to, like, like you mentioned about Isaiah Thomas, uh, you know, not wanting to rehab there. I think there's just like, there's such a stigma on anyone who wants to go there that, you know, people kind of want to grab that like early cash, get that guaranteed contract. But unfortunately, when you go to uh, just an overseas team, mm -hmm. you are not really dealing with top tier coaches in most situations. Yeah. I mean, if you go to Israel, you got Coach Blatt. So like, you're yeah, you're good. Player. You're golden. <laughs> but in the D League, you have aspiring coaches. Like, there's coaches in the D League who are going to be head coaches in the NBA in yes. 10 years. Probably yes. a lot of them. Like That's sort of the process you work up. Like You're a, a, a video guy or you're a, a, yeah. a ball manager in the NBA, mm -hmm. and then you want to get into coaching. Okay, you go to D League, and then you work your way up. Yeah. Unless you're like a, a, a former player, a name player or something. Yeah. But, but that's sort of the path, and, and you're getting that training. The problem is 
the the teams don't have control of the player. Right. Yeah. So next year, our, our boy Basley is going to play for a team, and I, there's really no incentive for the team to develop him because there's zero connection. Like after his one year there, he'll be eligible for the draft. Yeah. And maybe if he's undrafted, he'll want to come to that t- team and sign as a free agent. But besides mm-hmm. that, like. Yeah. You might just be developing the player for someone else. Like, yeah. So there has to... That problem still has to be fixed. That's a but, huge point. Yeah, that's a huge point. But there's a lot of problems, and players like this who mm-hmm. are taking a chance on themselves, mm-hmm. betting on themselves, you know, yeah. no gamble, no future. They're rolling the dice. I love it. And, yeah. and this badly dude, I'm going to root for him my whole yeah, life. Like, absolutely. The dude's going for it. And he's going to play way more basketball next year than anyone going in, than Zion Williamson, than Mac McClung, any of these guys going into the, the you know these top-tier programs. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see. I hope that I wish him the best. And I hope that, like you said, that's a huge point about the specific G League teams not being under team control. Uh, how many storylines is that, Matt? How many have we just broken down? Did we hit five, or is that number four? I think it was, like, number seven. Number seven. Oh, should we hit? Oh, yeah. Let's keep it going. Let's let's roll for the home stretch. Beauty. Let's do a couple quick hitters, then I'll we'll uh, slow it down at the end. Uh, Kyrie out for the first round of playoffs. Boo! But how interesting is that? Like, how impactful is that? Super impactful. Super, Super impactful. impactful. Okay. Yeah. Steph Curry also out for the first round of the playoffs. Very interesting. Very interesting, especially Very interesting. given the the uh, the. The depth at the point guard position in the lower half of the Western Conference. I mean, talking about it's going to be Russell Westbrook or Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard, or, you know, like or Drew Holiday. Okay, the last one not so much, but you know, those other guys are pretty good. So, uh, you know, it's going to be it's this tough, tough, tough matchups, and his backup, Quinn Cook, is going to have to step up. Jimmy Butler originally was reported to return before the playoffs started. Yeah. Now is questionable, Huge. and some people are saying might not be back until the mid first round. Huge, and Minnesota's just getting run into the ground. And my, uh, they're the team that I would hope to be playing if I was any of the top four Western Conference teams. Uh, Mo Harkless out for two weeks. Oh, absolutely. And which wait, wait who's he play for again? Uh, Mo, is he? Is, He's the, are we about the fourth guy. Are we talking about the G League again? Are we talking about <laughs> Sioux Falls? Uh, I hope he rehabs in the G League. Come back, come back strong. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant never was ejected before this season. This season, he's been ejected five times. Get that Draymond in him, man. Get that Draymond in his blood. Is it a good thing for him? I called him soft on our last podcast. Oh, yeah? Um, I don't well, you know, Russell Westbrook released a series of shoes. Cupcakes. Cupcakes. The literally have cupcakes all over the bottom. Uh, is this fake tough guy? Yes. Like, it's sort of fake tough guy, right? I think so, man, yeah. There's like, no real he, tough guys in the... I mean, like, there's a lot of NBA guys I wouldn't want to fucking fuck with or fight, but there's very, very few, like... There's no, like, Charles Oakley guys running around, like, just straight up, like, even Steven Jackson guys, you know? The Morris Twins are probably the scariest guys in the NBA right now, and they're they're tough, but, like, you know, they... They're pretty scary, yeah. They're pretty scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a ton of guys I wouldn't, like, like, Jesus, I'm like a, yeah, guy here living in Taiwan, in the combat zone, but still. Uh, Isaiah Thomas out for the rest of the season. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, that one's kind of a heartbreaker, yeah. I'll, yeah, like... I wrote down a lot of notes. I'm only going to touch on a few of them. Um, so he's going to miss at least four months before he's back into playing. So that's like Jesus, that's deep yeah. into you know that's deep into summer. He he can't audition for teams. You know. Yeah. Like, so it's going to be midsummer. The money might all be gone. I mean, this guy. I, I mean, the just the worst timing the, the, the for year this poor from guy. Hell, like I, I don't want to talk about the first thing too much because it's like mm. it's so real, but mm. like. Less than a year ago, his sister died. Yeah, yeah. It's like 
absolutely incredibly tragic. Yeah, and but, he but strapped up and went to play hurt for the Celtics the next right. night. I mean, yeah. That's like too real to include our discussion. I want to keep yeah. like basketball related. Yeah. But him sort of being blindsided, traded to traded by the franchise he like gave up so much for. Yeah. To Cleveland, mm-hmm. where he 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 was injured. He was causing drama. The the players didn't like him. And he was given away. Like, this is supposed yeah. to be a guy who's supposed to get, like, a max. Like, a $200, sorry, $200 million, like, five-year super maximum. The Celtics. Like, that was, super that was a discussion. That, that was, was on the table for him within the last year, yeah. Went to the Lakers, shot horribly. You know he shoots worse from the field and the three-point line than Lonzo Ball? Oh, Jesus. It's close, I mean, yeah, but both. Is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's going to miss the next four months. <laughs> yeah. Sam, this, this is... So those are the... The facts, the news. Yeah. But, uh, I kind of have a question to attach onto it. Like, do you ever see him having a career in the NBA again? Like, I mean, he'll get a contract and a job, but like, back to being a starter, not like a, a top tier starter, but a starter in the NBA. He'll I mean, starter, not due to injury or something. That depends so much on his health. I mean, like, it's really this is this, this injury. Like, there's injuries that we have extensive background with like okay acls mcls and ooh that one's dicey blah, blah, blah feet this we, this hip injury that's required like what well, didn't require surgery and then did and he missed all this time like it's it's way too hard from this armchair to sit here and, and call that if healthy yeah i think he gets back to being a starter again in the nba he was so good that year it wasn't completely a fluke uh he definitely has nba skills that he can offer a team i mean i don't know if there's any recent example of a player Who's lost them? Who's lost more money? And it, unless it's like a player like you know, Nerlens Noel turns down that seventy-four million, and you're like, <sighs> but you're like, but he yeah. chose to do that. Yeah. He rolled the dice on himself there. Isaiah oh. had almost nothing, unless he's really say like talking yourself out of Cleveland, and that's kind of a stretch. Like he he almost by himself had nothing to do. Like if he had stayed in Boston, if Boston hadn't traded for Kyrie and Boston re-signed him, it would have had to have been at a max or close to max. Right, so he's close to max, and now he is like, what is is he getting ten million next year? No way. I mean, like, well, Jesus. Maybe for a year. I I could see a desperate team giving him like twelve, for, like twelve for one year. Yeah, like versus that. a max contract. But not like not like forty for. Four I mean, I don't know how that way. amount of money like like that's. That would stick with you, you know. That's tough. I hope that doesn't go. I hope that doesn't end up being his legacy. I hope that isn't the last thing he takes away from the NBA. But Jesus, that's so much money to be so close to. And the thing is, like, even with Noel, like Noel again, that's that's a lot of money to have given up. But like, that's a young man turning down a contract early in what hopefully will be is still like at least a career of playing basketball. He doesn't play for Dallas. Dallas played five undrafted players. Yeah. At the same time. What I'm saying Noel is Noel was like there. is young enough that like at least even if he looks back at that in ten years and be like, damn, it was really dumb of me to, to give up that money, but I was so young then and I made the wrong mistake and I thought I'd play for these years. You can justify that thing. When you're Isaiah and you're that close to the max contract and then through no fault of your own the circumstances have just fallen and fallen. I mean, it would psychologically. I just I like. I, it's a bad headspace to put yourself in, man. If you try to put yourself in his shoes, that's a fucking grim one, man. Jesus, yeah, that story is tough. Yeah. yeah, just the money stuff and and the, and the and the year he's had. I mean, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the last one I'm gonna hit you with. Uh, this was reported on uh, Matt Von Ryan's blog.com. Nice. It's uh, Utah is the. 
five to eight team in the Western Conference that no one wants to see. No one wants a piece of that. So we got. I'm gonna say four to eight. I'm gonna say OKC, Spurs, mm-hmm. uh, Timberwolves, New Orleans Pelicans, and Utah. I'm gonna say Utah is the team that no one wants to see. This is coming straight from my blog. Really? Interesting. Hot off the press. That's what? an interesting take. How, how, how interested are you in my blog post, Sam? I'm super interested in your blog post, man. I hope you have a uh, a, a at hand visual aid to show me right now. No, actually, I don't. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Don't actually have the blog, but if I had a blog, I would post that. I think Utah's the team that no one wants to see because they could beat some of the worst teams, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like a, a Portland or um, maybe the, the banged up Spurs. And even if you're the Warriors and the Rockets, like you're probably not gonna get, you're probably not gonna lose to the Jazz, but yeah. I think you're gonna get banged the fuck up. And it's yeah. a long playoff. Playoffs are two months long. And it's only gonna get harder. And you're going into Utah. First round, yeah. you're taking it. Yeah, and you're flying into Utah. Yeah. Playing up. You know, playing in the elevation. Yeah, it's, like, it's I mean, long, it's one of those teams like their 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 seed doesn't really reflect the state of the team right now because of how hot they've been since Gobert came back. Their seed is a reflection of all the time they spent without Gobert. Yeah. And now Gobert is back, and they're a different team, and uh, and you know they're, they're they're in that spot. So uh, definitely, I don't know if they're the the team. I would say is the is, I, 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 OKC. I would not be super happy to get matched against, but um, I'd rather have. Uh, Utah than OKC, but I, yeah, definitely a tough out. Okay, so that's that's gonna do it for the podcast. We, we we have we have a little bonus if you want to hang around for this. A bonus. The NBA podcast is over. Thank you for listening. As always, Sam and I, much love for you guys. We dunk you very much. We got a story from life now. Okay. <laughs> this is a pretty interesting story. Sam, can you show me how to click on a page on the Mac? Yeah. Which one do you want? This, this one? one right there. There you so, go. one year ago, uh-huh. exactly one year ago, billionaire mm-hmm. investor Bill Perkins, who's a, a poker enthusiast, he, uh, he, he decided to, like, he's a really cool young, like, black dude. He's, he made all his money in oil futures. Mm-hmm. He decided to make this really interesting prop bet. Yeah. And he's going to give 50 to 1 on $3,000 to this pair of poker-playing brothers. Okay. As, and I'm showing... Sam, the picture now. I'm sitting here. Jamie and Matt Staples. Jamie and Matt Staples. Jamie Staples was the famous one. Matt Staples was kind of like the tag-along brother. Mm-hmm. Sam, how would you describe these two brothers? Well, I'm seeing on the left, is 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 Jamie the big one? or Matt? Yeah. Okay, so Jamie, there's one really just big, big fat guy. He's really, super really big. Fat. He's a blonde, super fat guy. Like, uh, we're obviously wearing an XXL t-shirt and not fitting into that very well. Uh, a, a big, large guy, and his brother is a, uh, you know, you can see a little bit of the resemblance in the face, but physically is completely different. He's, he's short and skinny. He's like an ectomorph. He's super, super tiny. This guy is, is, is super, super little. And, so, uh, yes, so uh, Bill Perkins made this really interesting bet yeah. where, I'm trying to find the exact weights here. Uh, okay, so... Jamie Staples, he weighed in at 304 pounds, mm-hmm. and his little brother, and I mean little, 134 pounds. Less than half of him, yeah. So he said, in one year, you guys have to weigh the exact same weight, yeah. give or take one pound. So okay. it's really interesting, because these brothers are not like super successful. They're, they're famous from Twitch, mm-hmm. like a, a live video game streaming thing where they stream poker. And so they're offered $150,000 to their $3,000 to become the exact same weight within a year. Yeah. From morbidly obese and scrawny. And uh, they did it. So, so they had to get within, they had to weigh within a pound of each other. 
and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, check out Matt and Jamie Staples. It's just a pretty fucking amazing bet. Like, it's such a cool idea for a bet. So they won. We should note the, the bet. They bet three thousand dollars. They won a hundred and fifty thousand dollars by hitting it. Hitting yeah. this number. Bill Perkins, super cool dude. A, a big philanthropist. Really like into that's a, like that's the word I'd go for at the end of the day. <laughs> like he's really into like inspiring people, like a really positive dude. So you know he saw these guys living unhealthy lifestyles, especially the morbidly obese brother, and came up with this really interesting bet. And yeah, I would check it out. Google the pictures. It's just wild. It has nothing to do with poker or gambling. It's just like just look at like the before and after pictures, and that's uh, that's all you need to see. That is so, wild. They both hit 188 pounds, which means. I mean, obviously the big guy, you got to give him props. Losing from going down from 304 down to 188. Awesome job by him. Saving his own life. I mean, just huge. Also props to the little guy. From 134 up to 188, he gained 50 pounds. Yeah. That's a big year. That's a big year. I mean, he was definitely, you can tell he looks yoked in these pictures. The other guy probably couldn't uh, put on as much muscle because he would have, he probably could have like settled in at 200 or something like that. So... Uh, the the little guy got yoked and the, and the and the and the fat guy looks great right now. Jamie and Matt Staples, check out this story. This is awesome. This is awesome. I'm I'm super into this. This is got yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, I checked in on their blog a couple times throughout the year, like just just occasionally, and they would uh, video blog from around the world. They got a lot of attention for this, so they got a lot of viewers and a lot more money and kind of like a little budget to spend, and it was pretty amazing to watch them eat together. Mm-hmm. Because the bigger brother, he could only have 1,300 calories. Yeah. And the smaller brother had to eat 7,000 calories a day. <laughs> just like, smash food, yeah. They had a professional trainer who, mm-hmm. who, like, who just did their diet. Like, here's exactly what you have to do. Like, if you don't do it for one day, you'll be off. Yeah, you got to fuck up, yeah. And so the other guy is just adding cheese and ranch to everything. <laughs> just and the other two yeah. eating a salad. <laughs> oh, that's rough. For Jamie, so. but yeah. Oh, good on them. Good on the Staple Brothers. Always nice. To see professional gamblers losing weight, uh, this is a great, this is a great theme. Uh, no, um, fantastic. That's a, that's a cool story. I like that one all around. Great stuff happening in the NBA. Great stuff happening here at Dunk You Very Much. Great stuff happening all around, man. Um, this has been another episode of Dunk You Very Much. Thank you guys so much for checking in. We'll be back at you. We're coming up to you with an interview with uh, with Alex from ICRT coming at you over the weekend. And, Famous uh, people. Yeah, we're we're hitting it up. We're going big time here. This has been Dunk You Very Much. If you're in Central Taipei, you already know what it is. If you don't, this is Taipei's number one English language NBA podcast. Until next time, we will dunk you very much. Thank you.